And we are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the one, the only WAN show. Actually, there's hundreds of them at this point, but that's a minor, minor detail. Hundreds of WAN shows. This one is going to be unique, though. It'll be different from all the other ones in that this is the first time ever here on the WAN show that I and James have co-hosted it from remote locations together. Now, I have co-hosted with James before, and I have co-hosted remotely with someone other than James before, but this combination, this is brand new. So get ready for something that's unlike anything you've ever seen before. James, do I have you amped for the show? Like, is that, do you feel good? Do you want to listen to the rest of it? Do you believe in life after Luke? Uh, <laughs> Everyone's going to be singing that all weekend now. You're welcome. Oh, Lordy. We've got a bunch of great topics for you guys today. Um, this one is my personal favorite. I was reading an article on The Verge yesterday, and I was halfway through it, and I realized, why was this ever a thing? Facebook has apparently killed their pseudoscience ad category. Uh, so I thought that one was pretty good. What what do you got, James? What's your top topic? Uh, well, there's something similar from YouTube where apparently they're going to be just removing videos that contain medically unsubstantiated content. And we also, man, we have to talk about RTX voice. It's so sick. It is really cool. Except for one small ah, rub. Don't spoil it. Oh, don't, oh spoil it. don't spoil it. Okay. All right. I won't spoil it, but there's something that you might not know about RTX voice. That was my hint. It was just a hint. It wasn't entirely spoiled, right? We still good? That was subtle. That, that was, was subtle. subtle. All right. intro. All right. No, no, I got one more. It's four. It's oh. four, James. You got to do four topics. Each host presents two topics. Okay, these are informal rules, and we do deviate from them from time to time. AMD, AMD has announced their third-gen Ryzen 3 processors and B550 chipset, and I'm real excited about those as well. We actually, this is one of those weeks where I say, we've got a lot of great topics for you guys, and we actually have a lot of great topics for you. Let's roll that intro. Oh, of course, I forgot to set it public on YouTube. Figures. That's fine. It's public now. It doesn't matter. How what? do I see you instead of me? Uh, I don't know. Get good. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> the show is brought to you today by Honey, Plural Sight, and Vessi Footwear. Yeah, that's right. That footwear. You wear it on your foot foot here foot here foot oh i love it all right so guys i want to jump right into the headline topic today i actually don't i want to talk about the pseudoscience category but the amd ryzen 3 announcement is the one that i put in the title and thumbnail so we're going to go with that one the original article here is well basically everywhere uh TechSpot posted <laughs> about it extreme tech posted about it amd has announced you know i i was starting to think they weren't going to do it Zen 2 launched with Ryzen 5, Ryzen 7, Ryzen 9, and I had thought for quite a while there that AMD was just going to round out the low end of their product lineup with last-gen products. They were just going to let it be, okay, look, hey, you don't have enough for uh, for a Ryzen 5 uh, third-gen? Well, then that's fine. Why don't you just buy a, uh, you know, Ryzen, Ryzen 5, you know, second-gen or something along those lines. Um and so, oh, hold on a second. Uh, okay, I can fix that for you at some point, James, but it's a lower priority right now. I want to I wanna get through this topic. Um, so yeah, I, I thought they were just going to do that. Nope, it turns out they have decided to take the same thumb screws that they took to AMD, uh, to Intel's Core i7s, Core i5s, Core i9s, and they are applying them to Intel's Core i3s. So the Ryzen 3 3100 and 3300X, these are entry-level chips. Both of them are going to be quad cores with SMT. So that means four cores, eight threads, and 18 megs of total cache. Both of them, get this, are coming with support for PCI Express Gen 4. So for a total price of an entry-level, oh, oh, I haven't even gotten into the motherboard yet, but for let's just say this. For a couple hundred dollars, you are going to be able to get a chip and board that is quad-core PCIe Gen 4. And that is coming in the next little bit here. So the, the Ryzen 3 3100... No segment is safe, Intel. No, no. The 3100 is 3.6 GHz base, 3.9 boost. That thing is going to game. It's going to game for $99. A hundred bucks. And that'll be positioned against the Core i3-9100F. So, uh... 9100 pay respects edition 
Uh, and the Ryzen 3 3300X, that's going to be 0.2 gigahertz higher base, so 3.8 base, 4.3 boost. That thing is going to really game. Like you are going to be able to pair that with something like an RTX 2060, um, or excuse me, RTX 2060 Super, and really get the performance that you're expecting out of that graphics card as long as you're not playing a game that is particularly CPU demanding. Like there are some games out like there that demand a, a lot of threads. Even the most don't. This is like the like the um, the ultimate Fortnite Christmas CPU for your kid or yourself. Yeah, basically, you know, and not even just Fortnite. Like that's the crazy thing. Like if you want to play the latest COD game, uh, if you want to play, oh yeah. So James, I don't know. My uh, my camera should be working for you. I actually don't know why that isn't working. So uh, oh yeah. Well, I don't know. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully that's working. Can you say something? I actually think your audio might have cut out when I was hey, changing things. I'm James. Am I still here? Oh yeah, you're still there. All right, cool. Oh. And you broke up a little bit, but that's okay. All right, so let's uh, let's have a look at if there's anything else for us to really share. Okay, so one area where AMD is actually going to fall a little bit behind on specs here is the Core i5-9400F, which they're positioning the 3300X against, is a 6-core. So there may be workloads where Intel is going to uh, come out ahead with that processor, but, I mean, Intel's stronghold lately has been gaming, and if the 3300X performs anywhere near what I would expect, I think it's going to absolutely crush the 9400F when it comes to low-end gaming. Um, with that said, um, oh, oh, and this is interesting. Okay, so we don't actually know for sure what the CCX arrangements of these chips are. So CCXs, for those who are not familiar, are the multiple um, like kind of chiplets that AMD puts together to make a processor. And depending on how many chiplets you have and how they're interconnected, there can be latency disadvantages or advantages depending on the layout. So the rumor is that the 3100 is going to be cheaper because it's a multiple uh, CCX design, whereas the 3300X could be a single CCX, which could make it fantastic for gaming. Man, this is like this is like going back to like the the you know uh, Athlon 2500 plus days. Right, like when you could buy a processor. Remember, this is ninety nine dollars retail price. So, at some point in its life cycle, it's going to go on sale for you know like ninety bucks in a bundle. When you could buy a gaming CPU for under a hundred dollars, like that's madness. Whew. It's exciting. Actually, kind of reminds me. Um, I was having a discussion with David during our carpool the other day. We were trying to figure out whether or not um, how the next wave of consoles is they're more like pcs yeah Will that make pc components cheaper or more expensive i argued more expensive but he thought maybe it would push the prices down because it would commoditize everything i don't think there's really a ton of room for the prices to go down a bunch i right. will okay Com competition's already high enough it's already a race to the bottom so just the fact that these components will be used up by the console market will just make them more scarce yeah, I well, I don't think it's going to affect that either. So, okay, so there's a few factors here. So one is there uh, is the components of a PC that cannot get cheaper. Um, things like hard drives, they're not going to get cheaper. You know, you can, these are, these are all gigantic companies, you know, whether it's Seagate or Western Digital that we're talking about. These are huge companies. They're publicly traded companies. We can look at their balance sheets. We can see what their profit margins are. Hard drives, not getting cheaper. There's just a basic fixed cost associated with these uh, these rare earth materials that need to be integrated into a hard drive to make a functioning hard drive, no matter what the the capacity is. Um, there's you you need a motor, okay? You got to put a motor in there. You got to fill it with helium now, you know, for especially for the high cap stuff. So there's enough competition that I just don't think it's uh, it, it's going anywhere. And hard drives are under siege, not just from alternate hard drive vendors, um, of which there are few enough now that it would be pretty easy for them to just kind of go, okay, let's just switch up the business. We're going to go cartel style and we're going to price fix and make sure that we can make some margin. But they're also under siege from solid state drive makers who continue to push prices lower and lower and lower. So yeah, hard drives, not happening. Solid state drives for that matter. It's not, it's not getting cheaper. It's already pretty much a commodity item at this point. 
However, there are areas where there is room for things to get cheaper. I mean, for an unrelated video, I was actually looking at Intel's gross margins earlier this week, and they're somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60 plus percent. So if you look at it and go, okay, could an Intel Core i5, you know, whatever $250 or so processor all of a sudden be available for 200 bucks? Yeah, that's conceivable. I doubt that they would go that aggressive, especially because just because Intel's margins overall are 60 plus percent doesn't mean that they're actually making 60 plus percent on that product. That's in the grand scheme of Intel's product stack. That's a low end product. And that's and not where that, they're making I, the margin. Is that margin uh, unique to Intel in the industry or no. is that what you expect to see? Yeah, because in that industry, they have such heavy upfront capital expenditures for building these fabs and for researching the next generation of technology that they're going to launch subsequently, like way down the road. So I think it's a little misleading. Where there is room for your PC to get a little bit cheaper, I would say is in your GPU. Uh, NVIDIA also enjoys these healthy, you know, 60 plus percent gross margins, except that all NVIDIA does by comparison to at, at least, I mean, I'm not saying NVIDIA doesn't invest in R&D. They absolutely do, but they don't build fabs. So NVIDIA gets to take advantage of TSMC's fab building process, and they just have to design the chip and make it work on TSMC's node. So um, I think NVIDIA could probably, you know, drop their price if they felt like the next gen consoles were you know taking a, a chunk out of their business and they could because they're all going to be powered by amd there's going to be no nvidia gpus and oh actually okay i don't know it's possible that like a nintendo successor could be nvidia powered the current one is i forgot about that is anyone talking about that uh yeah people have talked about it yeah how how both microsoft and sony are amd camps and then nintendo sort of randomly went nvidia this time around uh just because they wanted that uh well basically i mean the switch just is a an nvidia shield tablet like if you <laughs> i mean uh, obviously a better one a heavily modified one an improved one but you know it basically takes that concept of a tablet that you can game with on the go and then dock when you want to game on your tv and is like yoink that's my, mine now i'm gonna steal this meme you know um mm -hmm. So yeah, there is room for your PC to get cheaper, but I don't expect the upcoming consoles to really put much in the way of, of pressure on that. Um, you know, it's, they're, they're going to occupy the low end of the market, you know, anywhere from 400 to $500, where generally speaking, manufacturers are already taking as little profit as they can in order to uh, just do the volume of business that they need to do. I mean, that's something a lot of consumers don't really understand is that manufacturers in order to even uh, you know meet the production quotas that they've had to commit to in order to build their high-end profitable products will sometimes have to pump out low-end products that they don't make any money on or that they even lose money on so that they don't lose their contracts for example or so that they don't have to lay off the staff that they need to make those those juicy products or to justify the lease that they have on this giant building or whatever the case may be. There is an incentive for manufacturers to keep up their volumes. I mean, there's other, there's other factors that are just financial too. Uh, sometimes companies, for whatever reason, I've never really subscribed to this. And I remember getting in arguments at my old job. For some reason, companies feel the need to like measure based on how how high their top line revenue is and that seems to determine the like you know the the valuation of this company to lenders for example like oh we're a billion dollar company it's like oh well what was your what was your net profit i don't know like you know who cares we're a billion dollar company right well 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 no hold on <laughs> you know to me you know net profit was always far more important than what kind of top line revenue we're doing but but that is a factor in some corporate cultures i remember at my old job uh, we would get we would get pushed. The product management team would get pushed to hit these crazy, you know, revenue goals. Like, oh, everyone's going to get a bonus if we do a million dollars revenue in one day. And we'd look at that and we'd go, well, like, yeah, I can do a million dollars revenue in one day. All I need to do is sell extreme editions for five hundred bucks, and we'll get there just like lickety split, right? We'll lose a bunch of money. Like, no one's going to get paid, but we can do a million dollars revenue in one day if that makes you feel like you're bigger, right? 
So well, I think there's there's also pressure, especially when you're a publicly traded company, to keep that stock price high because that's absolutely. how you secure additional financing. And everyone who's giving you funds, they're doing it in exchange for shares, so they want those shares to be worth a lot. So exactly, more important. It's yet another way that modern businesses seem to get incentivized to do the wrong things in the name of making the business better. Um, and that can that can harm them in the long term. I was reading a really interesting article about Rolex of all things. I'm not a watch guy. I'm not into watches, but um, it was it was an article that was about how Rolex continues to innovate. And again, as not a watch guy, I kind of look at at a watch and I go, sorry, innovate what? It either it either knows what time it is or it doesn't. And I, I thought we pretty much nailed that down a couple hundred years ago. So well, what exactly is the remaining innovation? And so it, you know, talked about, you know, what that innovation might actually mean, which was very helpful background information for somebody like me reading the article. But it talked about how the way that Rolex was originally structured, their corporate structure was designed so that it would it could basically continue perpetually without ever being beholden to any kind of shareholders. Um, and so all their revenue numbers, sales figures, um, design, nobody knows anything about the internal workings of Rolex effectively. And that's allowed them, and they're not accountable to anyone. So by not having to do a quarterly earnings call or any of that goofy stuff, they can make big bets. They can do stuff that might be against the conventional wisdom and just do what they think is right. And I'm like, oh, that actually makes so much sense to me because that's one of the big reasons that Linus Media Group has never solicited any kind of outside um, you know, shareholders or, or anything like that because as much as there might have been times that we could have used the money and with our public profile, there's no doubt that we could raise a bunch of money if we wanted to. I, I just don't want to be accountable to anyone else. If I want to make a crazy decision, like, you know, we're going to abandon tech videos and we're going to move into, you know, all toys and games videos on Channel Super Fun. As long as I've got my team on board, my staff's like, okay, you know, I guess you haven't really led us astray so far. Let's give it a shot. I want to be able to do that. And even though I could maintain, you know, 51% ownership or something like that and, and make unilateral decisions, you know, I always feel like even if, you know, by law, I'm not accountable to my shareholders by, by sort of, um, I don't know what the word would be. Ethics, is that the word I'm looking for? Integrity? Like mores, I, I feel like I, I should care, and that should be a, a team decision. If there's other people who have a vested stake in the company, so yeah, I, I, I just I forget how I got on this topic, but I thought that was cool, and I and I respect it pretty much. Yeah, like if we need to raise money, we'll just issue a cryptocurrency or something. You know, you know what's funny is we we had we had thought about doing it. We and we had even like said on Wanchu, we were like, yeah, we're we're totally gonna do it. We're gonna do we're gonna do Linus Coin. Um, but the further we got into the weeds on it, the more we realized that um, there's really no way to do it and make money without screwing over someone else. So we were like, oh, <laughs> all right. Well, that explains why everyone's doing this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> neat. Uh, so so yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> You want to talk about this Facebook thing? Uh, no, no. I want to talk about the 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 other part of the one-two punch to Intel's low end. So this is really cool. The B550 finally appears. It's been long rumored, but it looks like we are getting an entry-level chipset to accompany these Ryzen 3 processors. And it's actually better than I expected. So it's going to have, uh, compared to X570, it's going to have... Oh, rumors. Never mind. These are rumors. Little further info has been suggested other than PCI Gen 3 or Gen 4. Um, all right. So apparently it will feature fewer USB 3.2 Gen 2, whatever that is. I think that's 10 gig and SATA ports and will communicate with the CPU via a PCIe Gen 3 link. Okay. Uh, so that means with 20 usable PCIe 4.0 lanes on the CPU, you'd still get Gen 4 speeds on your main 16x slot, so to your graphics card, and a secondary X4, which would probably be M.2, and then everything else would be, you know, slower. So if you had to, if you wanted to put like 
10 gigabit networking on a B550 board for whatever reason, because you're crazy, uh, you know, that could end up bottlenecked if the user also was, you know, writing data from that interface to an M.2 SSD that was on a, on a Gen 3 link on there as well. Um, so this, this is exciting, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, it's, it, it opens up a lot of possibilities for us to do some really cool builds like, you know, Hey, we did a $400 gaming machine. That's actually really great and really competitive. Um, like if I'm, if I'm Sony or, or Microsoft, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this going like, come on, AMD, we're trying to sell these, these, uh, you know, cheap processors in our game console. Why you gotta just give them to everyone like this? But hey, it's good for us. I love it. I love it. All right, James, bring us into this topic because I I really want to talk about it. Do you want to do you want to do the rundown through this one? I I, I will yes. hold my peace. I'll I'll I will I will say nothing. Okay, so it came to the attention of this, uh, I guess a, a website, a news website that I don't know. It's called the Markup, but they did this investigation where they they made their own ads uh, using this this category of ad targeting that you can use when you make an ad on facebook you can naturally uh target it at specific uh, psychographics and stuff that facebook has and that's why oh. advertising on google or facebook is so awesome okay i promised i, I wouldn't say, say anything but james you've actually done some advertising for us on google and facebook right yeah yeah so can you talk about uh, like for people who don't know like i actually don't even know that much about it can you talk us through how you create like a targeted ad in the first place uh, well, there's a couple different types, like on some platforms, there's just boosted posts. So any post, like any video you upload to YouTube or any, um, posts that you make on Instagram or Facebook, you could just boost. So then that's why you get that little promoted box underneath it. And it just gets put in front of other people who aren't on your friends list or whatever. Um, but I think you could also just make just straight up ads that are going to apply to like the sidebar on the desktop, for example. Um, and when you're making those types of things, you can choose uh, which kind of geographic range you want them to be served to. So I only want people in Kansas to see this political right. ad, for example. And then there's all sorts of psychographics and demographics. So I, it should be women between the ages of 30 and 50 uh, who like... Now, here's where it comes. It gets really interesting. Who like um, exercise pants and also uh, Bessie shoes. Um, so those are the the targeting categories that we're talking about here where this uh, organization the markup discovered that there was a targeting category for pseudoscience people who like pseudoscience and they created their own ads and boosted posts on instagram and facebook to target these people and the ad got approved and so then they reached out to facebook uh, multiple people at facebook waited and waited and waited and finally got a response and the response that they got just said uh we removed the targeting category we, we removed pseudoscience as a category uh, and <laughs> i think the reason that they did that so promptly is because they had experience doing this before it, for years now i think pseudoscience has been a category for like six years or something and they've had other categories that were that they've had to remove before including um vaccine controversies people who are interested in vaccine controversies chemtrail yep. conspiracy theory uh, oh. and in fact i also have in the notes here Jew hater and history of why Jews ruin the world. So oh, wow. clearly, wait, so, these, so these, shut these... up. It was, I actually haven't read through the notes. That was an advertising targeting category on Facebook. That's right. So what that says to wow. me is there's no one working at Facebook who's saying, Hey, you know, we notice a lot of users are searching this stuff. Let's make this a category. No human is doing that. It must be algorithmic, right? This is based on what people are typing in or based on the titles of things they're clicking on or something. So to me, it looks like programmatically pseudoscience. Although pseudoscience yeah. isn't a word that someone would put in their own yeah. content. I don't buy it. So that's weird. Yeah, I don't buy it. If I'm if I'm interested in pseudoscience, I think I've been profiled as someone who is interested in pseudoscience. I don't acknowledge that because I, if I'm someone who who buys into pseudoscience, I don't know that pseudo like guys, it's right in the name. Pseudo means fake. I mean fake or fake even, science. Fake, even if fake you science. do, like even if you think of it as alternative, you're not going to yeah, use the word pseudoscience you would because never the framing use that. of that 
Exactly. No. You think that's you're like someone who's pro-choice ca calling themselves pro-abortion or like or like pro-killing babies or something like that. Like you're using the other side's terminology to describe your own position. That's not how it happens. So if I'm into pseudoscience, I'm into alternative medicine or I'm into, you know, uh, integrated I, I, health. Yeah, I'm at the I'm at the next level, right? Like I think I've I think I'm I'm above it. I'm past it. Um, so the fact that they have a pseudoscience category to me indicates exactly the opposite, that this is 100% intentional and they're taking these gullible people who don't understand the scientific method, you know, the kinds of people that'll say believing in science is no different than believing in, in anything else because you're just believing something that you can't, that, that isn't, you know, 100% correct. It's like, yeah, but, but the, 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 the thing behind, the thing about science is that it's the pursuit of knowledge. We, we know it isn't perfect. That's the whole point. And that there's you're, no dogma. Yes, you there's no easy it. answer. But the thing that sucks about science is that you can never prove that something doesn't exist. I can never prove that cows with red polka dots don't exist. I just, we have, they haven't been observed, so there's no reason that they do exist. Oh, yeah, but that, okay, that gets into a much, much deeper, much deeper sort of conversation. Um, so tell me this. I, I want to have real, real talk, real conversation here. Is this the most blatantly evil thing you've seen out of Facebook so far? Intentionally creating <laughs> a category that allows you to target people who you know are gullible and vulnerable to believing things that simply have no proof that they are true. And in fact, may be well known to be not true. Well, it's interesting because they're doing this simultaneously like this is all in the context of covid and simultaneously as this is happening other yes. parts of the business including the ceo zuckerberg are making all these other efforts and announcements and and things they're implementing that are the exact opposite of this you know since the um cambridge analytica thing and maybe even before they've been so focused on trying to have truth on the platform and, and try to they? reduce the amount of have they well, from a pr perspective yeah, okay sure yes all right sure like on the 16th of April, uh, Zuckerberg said that Facebook had, they, they added warning labels on 40 million posts related to COVID-19. Um, they have this other thing where like, if you, if you had engaged with a post that was known to be unsubstantiated related yeah. to COVID, they like gave you a notification telling you that, and you could click through and go to the World Health Organization's website for information. So parts of the business are trying, but is it just the fact is it are they a hydra and some of the heads don't talk to other heads it, it kind of priorities it kind of looks that way doesn't it because like i i okay you know what no i don't think they're a hydra i think that someone at some point who is who is aware of these you know positive initiatives has to be also aware of pseudoscience as a freaking targeted category on the platform like there's no way because that, okay the thing is if you're working on truth on the platform, right? You're looking at organic posts. So, so you know, whatever Linda or Karen posted in their, you know, mom group or whatever, you're looking at that kind of stuff. But you're also looking at boosted posts. So organic posts or seemingly organic posts that have been given a little kick in the butt. And then you're also looking at advertising posts, right? Because all of that is part of that transparency and, and fact uh, on the platform sort of initiative that they're that they're supposedly working on, right? So as soon as you encountered an ad, right, that that was obviously false, I, I I'm imagining what Facebook's internal you know interface looks like. It's probably not garbage, given that they are a you know web development company. So probably when I click on that post, there's something akin to the uh, like the business manager interface that we've got for managing our own like uh, boosted or advertising posts that says what categories this post was intended to target. So yeah, as but Linus, that information is exposed to Facebook users now. You can do that. You can click on an ad and say, "Why am I seeing this?" And it'll say you were selected as part of the pseudoscience category. Exactly. Or, uh, so, so the user can see that. So it can't, it's not a big secret. So, so I don't buy the Hydra argument then. There's no way that these guys working on the positive initiatives couldn't have noticed this. 
So I think it's just as simple as they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to they want to talk about how they care about people getting, you know, real evidence-based information, but they want to make money on people peddling nonsense on the back end. I think it's that simple. It's gross. I mean, but this whole this whole theory is based on the fact that you and I can't figure out how this category was labeled the way it's labeled. So there could be an easy explanation for that, but we're just not thinking of. Yeah, maybe. I mean, AI, AI tools, you know, they're getting they're getting pretty good. Maybe they managed to 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 maybe the AI managed to label it on its own. But that is just that is just brutal. <sighs> you do, Maybe you do really have to mad. imagine that like the graph is so huge. The graph meaning like the network and yeah. like how many different categories there are and, sure. and how many each each user falls into. It's so like unfoundably large that there's by and large there's no human like putting all the balls into different buckets. It has to be happening programmatically. No, I just think so. I agree with you there, but I just also think that if they were making a, an earnest an honest effort to remove pseudoscience from their platform, somebody working on one of those initiatives would have seen this, just naturally seen this before a third party reported it to them. I just don't buy that. Have you seen, uh, have you ever scrolled through Facebook and seen someone's post have that flag over it that says it's fake news? Um, no, I haven't. It's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. My wife showed me the other day. She was scrolling through, and one of those, like, you know, those people you have on your Facebook who just post stupid crap, and and that that you read and you just think's ignorant. Yeah. It was that person posting that kind of thing, and it just had like a, a superimposed on top of it. There's a banner covering the content of the meme, being like, "This meme has been shown to be inaccurate." And then you can click through and like learn about why. It brings you to like a fact-checked third-party site something akin to snopes.com right and you can just read about why it's inaccurate it's oh that's great uh, and it's kind of like socially it's like a slap in the face like if, if you post stuff that gets those banners on it it's like so shameful <laughs> i'd be ashamed i yeah but you would be ashamed but that's exactly the difference is i think a lot of the people who post that kind of stuff don't understand yeah. why they should feel ashamed um like they think they're on another level right um, or they double down a lot of people just double down. You dig in your heels and it just makes you more dedicated to the tribe you're in because yep. the man or the media is keeping or you down. Whoever the opponent is. Okay, Ian Visser says, for for sakes, pseudoscience is theoretical science, as in proven via scientific results, but goes against the current acknowledged system. So if you counter E equals MC squared and prove it with science, it's labeled pseudoscience. Ian, no. Pseudo means... <clears throat> Adjective, not genuine, spurious, or sham. Pseudoscience is not real science by the very definition of pseudoscience. Like, no, that's not how it works. Well, I mean, there is, uh, there are things like entrance to science, things that are uh, kind of like under review that are not part of the canon yet, that like just need more testing. There are hypotheses that need to. Yes. Uh, difference between a hypothesis and a, and a theory one of them or the difference sorry between a theory and a law one of them is just the test of time like the law of gravity for example like we just it's just stood for so long that it's it's part of the canon so maybe he's referring to some stuff like that that's quite possible um all right so let's move on to our next topic which is actually kind of related uh so this was originally posted on uh, bbc actually cnn's got an article about it as well so YouTube has apparently banned medically unsubstantiated content. So they deleted some videos uh, earlier this month that linked coronavirus to 5G. And uh, YouTube CEO said in an interview with CNN this week that YouTube would be removing information that is problematic. That is one heck of a quote. I mean, YouTube, man, Google, you guys just have this way of like taking something that you're doing that might not be the end of the world or horrible and being so cagey and like well you know weird and and evil about it that it makes it seem really really bad and it opens up i love that she left the door open for it to be really bad well the quote looks really bad and that's kind of part of the reason i put it in here um because it's like whoa well who's who decides and 
but in this case, this was taken from an interview, not a press release, yes. not the uh, verbiage of a new terms of service. So it's just like, you know, she's kind of stammering. She's she's doing a list. Um, this is just what ended up coming out of her mouth during this interview. So I don't think the sky is falling. But it also tells you, you know, where the where the mindset is at, right? Like they've they've talked about, you know, um, elevating authoritative voices, which is another way of saying you know, pushing down uh, non-authoritative voices, right? Like you can't elevate on a platform like YouTube. There's a fixed number of of spots to promote content, right? It's, it's finite. It depends on how many users there are and how long they're on the site and and how many of those spots they encounter. So it's, 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 it's a finite resource. So by elevating uh, sources that they consider to be accurate, you are inherently de-elevating. What would be the opposite of elevating? Help me out here, James. You're usually my uh, my my lower, uh, lowering, lowering, diminishing. Dang it, diminishing. Sure, let's go with diminishing. You are diminishing the exposure of anything that you, you don't consider to be to be trustworthy. Um, with that said, I don't necessarily disagree with what they've defined as problematic here. So anything that is medically unsubstantiated or anything going against the World Health Organization recommendations. And there has been some backlash against the WHO in the last little bit, but I don't think any of it has been around um, their recommendations in terms of, you know, how diseases are transmitted and some of, some of the basic stuff. It seems to be more uh, the politics and the culture of the World Health Organization and, uh, you know, not necessarily their recommendations with respect to social distancing and stuff like that. Um, she added that we do remove across YouTube in non-pandemic times information that is in violation of our policy, and they have been continually updating their policy as the virus situation changes, which led to the removal of the 5G content, for example. So... What's your take on that? Should they allow videos suggesting that people inject disinfectant into their bodies, for example? <laughs> You've been following well, that, right? Part of, part of me is kind of like, natural selection, baby. Okay, <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say that on the web show. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, uh, uh. Well, uh, and it's also, it's, also just not, <laughs> it's also just not true because those people, like even that natural selection argument is just not true because those people yeah. are just going to be burdens on the healthcare system and it's going to hurt other people so yes um but they've made something very dangerous and people thought this uh with when the gutenberg press was invented just for uh so that anybody could just print a book it's the same thing you it's your greatest gift and your greatest curse now uh knowledge is distributed so anybody can make it and consume it and when you're making you know if you're making a video you can sound like an expert because there's no one there to contest you at the time so it's pretty dangerous, so some moderation has to happen, and that moderation has to happen from a centralized source, so it's it's just always going to be problematic. But then you open yourself up to new problems, right? Because as soon as you allow a central source to you know determine what is true and what is not, at the end of the day, you might, and I, I could see this argument being made, you might end up throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. And guys, okay. Well, imagine. There's... Just imagine that if 5G is related to COVID, if that happened, yes, they would anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty sure it's not though, so I think they're yes. uh, being sensitive around. Like we're we're gonna remove things that are just blatantly poisonous. Yes, uh, we've got some people saying, you know, raw 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 natural selection uh, Darwin Awards. Okay, guys, for real though, like there is that's not natural selection actually that's that's a societal problem that people do not have the proper education and the 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 skills that they need to ferret out untruths in when they're reading or consuming media um that's that's not natural selection that doesn't mean that they are somehow lesser that just means that for whatever reason they were not given access to the skills whether it was a, a cultural issue or whatever the case may be. So you can't just go like, oh yeah, you know, anyone dumb enough to believe that and they should just let them all inject disinfectant into themselves um, because that's really not fair. Like we could miss out on the next Isaac Newton or the next Einstein because no one ever bothered to to teach them, you know, the actual function of disinfectant and how it does not actually work from inside the body or rather that it does work from inside the body, which is exactly the problem. Ah. <sighs> 
I think we should do the sponsors. Yeah, let's do the sponsors. Let's do them hard. Mmm. Like honey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shop, shop hard. Get them coupon codes. Honey is a free shopping tool that finds the best promo codes wherever you shop online. So, they're so uh, they've, man, they work on over 30,000 stores, including Amazon, eBay, Newegg, Razor, Best Buy, Walmart, and more. And they do more than just automatically apply the latest and best coupons to your order at the cart. They will actually even show you things like price history for items on supported sites so that you know if the deal that you're looking at, even if it happens to be the best deal that you can get in this moment, is even a good deal on that item. Those of you who have downloaded Honey from our link have saved over $100,000 in the past few months. I mean, total hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the best part is, I said it already, but it bears mentioning again, Honey is free and installs in just two clicks. Honey makes their commission on the sites where you shop rather than from you. So get it for free. Did I mention that it's free? At joinhoney.com slash Linus. The show is also brought to you by Pluralsight. Pluralsight is a skill development platform with 7,000 expert-led video courses. Topics include JavaScript, Python, c Sharp. I'm sure that's a typo. I'm sure they meant C-sharp. <laughs> and <is> more. <laughs> it's got to be Coltner, Jono. C-sharp. Love it. Uh, and more. And Pluralsight makes it easy, especially in a time like this, to stay at home and level up your skills. It's free for the month of April, so go check it out at the link in the video description, which, oops, is supposed to be on top of James. There we go. So get Pluralsight for free during April 2020. Level up your skills now. Who knows? By the time we all get back to work like normal, you might be doing a different job if you level up enough. And the show is brought to you by Vessi Footwear, starting at $95. Oh, hold on. They're you both going to do it. I, I hey. Oh, you've got the shoe in water. Okay, you leveled up yeah, your, 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 footwear, your footwear shilling skills. So Vessi makes the 100% waterproof shoe that's great for walking through rain, snow, mud, and slush without worry. Their Dymatex material regulates the temperature of your feet. So on hot days, it'll keep you cool. And on cool days, it'll keep you warm. And Vessi shoes are flexible and stretchy, which are kind of two ways of saying the same thing, making it almost feel like a second pair of socks. They're one of the lightest sneakers in the world at just 175 grams. That's about the weight of an iPhone. And their herringbone tread pattern is designed to uh, grip just about anything you walk on, making them great for hikes. You can actually see I've been That's beating up mine a little lighter. bit. Way lighter than some iPhones. Yes, it is. The um, 11 Pro Max is like 206 grams or something. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been super super happy with these. I've actually been wearing shoes lately. You'd be proud of me. I've been wearing my uh, my Vessi shoes, although I don't know that I'm using them for what they intended. You can actually see the wear pattern is really weird on them. See that? The black is basically not worn at all, and same with the heel. And then the middle is like beat up to crap. Uh, that's because um, I've been using them on my bike rides. I actually got a bike. Nice. That's my that's my leg day now. So uh, my my son got a bike and I got one and we've been going ripping around. I just load the uh, I load the girls in the trailer, so that's about between the girls and the trailer. It's about 150 pounds, and then uh, we go kind of at his pace. But I'm hauling 150 pounds with me, and it's been just a fantastic uh, fantastic workout. And you should never never ride a bike with sandals because uh, my dad actually was the reason that I will never get on a bicycle with anything other than closed-toed shoes, as, as hardcore as I am on the sandal bandwagon, because his big toe was, like, mangled. He got it caught in the chain when he was a kid, and it, it was just, like, it was weird. It was, like, split. It, like, had, like, a peak on it down the middle of the, the toenail. Really gross. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Bessie, great guys, <laughs> donating surgical masks, sneakers, and all that kind of good stuff to local heroes. You can choose what you pay starting at $95 and up. And the higher the price, the more Vessi can donate. Go to VessiFootwear.com slash Linus Tech Tips to learn more. So yeah, yeah, that's why I will never get on a bicycle without my Vessi, my Vessi shoes. Oh, oh, wait, I've got one more, one more shiltastic thing for you guys. LTTstore.com, suckas. We have launched. This is going to be exciting. You guys are going to love it. All right. We have launched a shipping promo for our U.S. viewers that is going to cost us a lot of money. We are shipping out of Canada, but we are still offering $4.99 flat rate shipping across the U.S. 
this weekend, now through Sunday, 11.59 p.m. Pacific. So go check it out. If you were waiting to place an order on LTTstore.com and you're in the U.S., now is the time to do it. I actually don't know if it's all... I, I can't imagine we're shipping to Alaska at that rate. I have no idea. Uh, if, if there's any Alaskans in the uh, in the chat, guys, let me know if your region is qualifying for the shipping here. But go check it out. We've got water bottles. We've got stealth hoodies. We've got t-shirts galore. And there's actually one more LTT store-related thing. I'm going to post this in the chat here. But we've created a straw poll. Uh, it looks like... We are running out of things that really need to be 3D printed. A lot of the stuff that the frontline workers need is moving to injection molding, which is faster and more efficient than 3D printing. So uh, 3D printing stuff might not be a practical way to help with the effort. So we've created a straw poll here. I'm going to go ahead and, wow, the YouTube chat moves so fast that I doubt you guys are even going to get a chance to click those links. I'm going to drop out of the CMS here on Floatplane, drop that in the chat. And we want you guys to tell us, line workers, how we, oh, how we should use the rest of the funds that we collected um, through selling the Folding at Home shirt. Because we, for our, on purpose, basically, intentionally, we did not commit to a particular use for them because we wanted to be able to do whatever is the most useful thing. So... Uh, we're going to leave it up to you guys. I, I fired up that straw poll there, guys. Make sure you vote and let us know what you want us to do with the extra money that we raised with the Folding at Home shirt. So just a reminder, um, the proceeds, so that is after the cost of the shirts and after uh, printing, um, the proceeds uh, for the Folding shirt that we sold a few weeks ago, um, those are, are going to help covid causes but you know now that um you know our usefulness there is limited we we want to we want to know uh, what you guys want so so far direct relief for homeless and shelters is leading uh, bc children's hospital no one likes sick kids or that came across wrong no one likes kids <laughs> being sick um I think food that's bank number two would be a good one food bank is in number three uh, Canadian Red Cross is number four. Meals on Wheels is number five. And just because something wins doesn't mean that everything will necessarily go there. What we could do is we could just split it up. Um, that that might be a cool way to do it. Just you know, that way the food bank gets twenty one percent of the funds, even if they didn't win. You know, so uh, <laughs> just want to like shout you guys out because we raised like over forty grand. Um, so whatever you, the thing you guys are voting on right now matters a lot and every vote counts, especially if we do decide to divvy it up according to proportions. So just huge, huge shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. And just while we're at it, shout out to Intel for matching. Um, yeah. they actually matched our donation up to, I believe it was 40 grand. Uh, and they, they contributed that directly to the folding at home project. So it was a really, really big push from our community and we're really proud. Uh, okay, Nick Light confirms it is everywhere in the U.S. Uh, okay, then. Well, um, wow. I really hope that that works out okay. Neat. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, that could get really expensive. Okay, RTX Voice. RTX Voice was big news this week. Did you try it, James? I didn't try it myself, but I was involved in Alex's video. And I got to say, this is the type of thing, you know, when you hear about a new technology and your imagination imagines like the best way it could be. And then when it actually comes out, it's yeah. the opposite of that. It's like tech news is so cool. And then tech is always like, uh, it's okay. I have to yeah. wait another three years before it does what I want it to do. This was like promise delivered. I was like, oh, that, that would be cool in concept. And then it's actually like exceeding everyone's expectations. It's so awesome. Yeah. Like that that short circuit video, even though it went up like two or three days ago, has like six hundred and seventy-five thousand views, fifty thousand upvotes. People are jazzed about RTX voice. And the coolest thing about it is that as it turns out, the impressive RTX voice noise suppression app doesn't actually require ray tracing or RT or tensor cores to function. And there's a fallback. Not even yeah, there's a fallback. No, there's a fallback to general purpose CUDA cores. And so, but yes, the, the good thing about it being on tensor cores was that you could be gaming and streaming and you could turn on RTX voice without using any of the resources that you used to be contributing to those other things. Uh, right? Yes, but also anecdotally, the GP GPU fallback mode uses very few GPU resources with random HKID reporting 1 to 2% usage on a GTX 980 and about 300 megabytes of VRAM usage. So, so sweet. 
All this it... is the kind of thing where you're like, you use it, and suddenly I'm like, this is going to be on every app in two years. Everything's going to have it. Yes. Zoom is going to have it. Every phone app, every game, we all use it all the time. Don't turn it off. It's on by default. So sweet. It's shockingly good. Like the in the video, I've got my kids shrieking in the background behind me, like really giving her. And I, I, I mean, I couldn't hear the difference because I only hear uh, like my monitoring is a direct feed from my mic. So it doesn't pass through RTX voice processing before I hear it. Uh, that's so that I don't have any latency on my own voice so that it's easier to talk. So I couldn't hear the difference it was making. I was just like, hey, Alex, is it like working now? And he's like, whoa, yeah. So I went back and I watched the video and it's mind blowing. It's just unbelievable because I could see it being able to get rid of something simple, like the background hum of an air conditioning unit or something like that, right? Like something predictable. But to filter out human voices from a recording that is supposed to contain human voices, that's next level, <laughs> right? Like filtering out yeah. the wrong voices. It's amazing. This is going to be so awesome when this hits headphones. Oh, for sure. For sure. How long? maybe two years or something like that, you'll be able to get headphones where the actor noise canceling oh, does variable waveforms rather than just the continuous waveforms we're used to from the engine hum. Actually can't hear any crying babies, nothing. Man, it's going gonna, gonna to change air travel forever, assuming the air travel industry survives. Um, <laughs> oops. Oh, sorry. By the I time you, put, you ride on a plane again, you might have these Yeah, headphones. I know, right? So the crazy thing is you can actually run the CUDA version on hardware as old as Fermi. So that would be a GTX 400 series. It's like, wow. what, what is that? 10 years ago or something like that? It's ridiculous. 10, 11 years ago. Um, all you have to do is make a quick edit to the file after launching the installer for it to install and run normally on non-RTX hardware. That's pretty crazy. Um, so now it may is there be any way to use this on integrated graphics at all. Uh, no. So even the backup code path is CUDA. So that would require NVIDIA, NVIDIA hardware. Um, some, uh, there's some speculation that the reason NVIDIA didn't just open it up to everyone might be that, um, it does use some of your GPU resources that could otherwise be used for gaming and does use some of your VRAM. So they might've been concerned about, um, you know, you know, I mean, we all remember the GTX 970 memory problem where part of the memory was slower that led to a class action lawsuit over false advertising. I mean, if they came out and they were like, hey, there's no performance impact and it turns out there is a small performance impact, maybe that was their reason for withholding this version or maybe they just wanted to trickle it out. I mean, they've definitely done that in the past where they've given us a little bit of good news followed by more good news, even though all the good news was ready in the first place. Uh, I mean, they're... NVIDIA is really good at AI. They publish a ton of AI research papers. If you ever follow the YouTuber Two Minute Papers, sweet YouTube channel, um, does a lot of, um, uh, you know, like you see those research papers where they have like a, an algorithm just like removing something from a photo and like just interpolating what the space behind that object would have looked like and it just looks perfect. NVIDIA does a lot of stuff like that. They're very good at AI, but I would expect other players to make similar technology to this really soon. Maybe it'll even end up being uh, a pixel only feature from Google because Google's also very good at AI. Right, yep. And I think that uh, I'm trying to remember if um, if the latest pixels already have AI specific processing hardware in them. Do they have? Uh, I, I know Huawei brands it an NPU. I'm trying to remember if Google has an analogous unit inside uh, the Snapdragon versions that they're using. I actually can't remember. I mean, there's a lot of phones that are already out there with. AI specific hardware in them. And I use AI loosely here. What I really mean is machine learning, of course, in this case. Um, but the photo processor, I believe, and maybe a, like a secure enclave. Mm, yeah, the secure, the secure enclave probably wouldn't be useful for this kind of thing. But the, the, the photo processor is something that could potentially be used. You'd never be on a call and taking a picture at this. Well, okay, you could, I guess, but that would be very rare to be on a call and taking a picture at the same time. So depending on the horsepower behind it, Maybe you could see something like this in your phone. Man, that would be outstanding, wouldn't it? Love it. Uh, all right. Rumor. Apple to sell Macs with its own chips starting in 2021. 
Apple is reportedly preparing to release at least one Mac with its own chip next year, but the initiative codenamed Kalamata to develop three different chips based on the next iPhone's A14 processor suggests the company will transition more of its Mac lineup away from its current supplier, Intel. Uh, TSMC is rumored to be building the new Mac chips, which will be based on a five nanometer production technique from, oh yeah, TSMC, I guess I already said that. So it's the same as the next iPhones and iPad Pros. And uh, the first Mac processors will allegedly have eight high-performance cores, codenamed Firestorm, and at least four energy-efficient cores, codenamed Ice Storm. Wow. Wow. They each did their own codename. <laughs> man, this is going to be crazy. So having Macs, iPhones, and iPads running the same underlying technology could make it easier for Apple to unify its app ecosystems and update its computers more often. Now, one thing that's a little confusing to me is Apple has got to be, I don't know, a decade away from building something that could conceivably end up in a successor to the Mac Pro. So if they knew they were going down this path, which if they're releasing something next year, they would have known two, three years ago, four years, five years ago that they were going down this path. Uh, why did they bother to do the Mac Pro? Like, is the Mac Pro just going to be this like weird abandonware product a few years from now? Again, like, is this, is Mac Pro just going to turn into like this meme where it's like, hey, yeah, we made a new Mac Pro and it's got, it's got all this great stuff and you're going to be able to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, forget, I forget we ever said anything. Is that what's going to happen? It, it could, but if it's like six years later, then who cares? Because if you're in the market for such hardware, then, and you're continuing to do your job, then your, your update cycle is probably within that time frame anyway they're like they're probably going to start with the MacBook Air or like the the oh, least sure. demanding MacBook right so I don't know Alex has his take in here uh, his family apparently bought a PowerPC Mac 2 years before they switched to Intel and he said yeah you were basically screwed no matter what because these were your options continue using Mac OS 9 made for PowerPC and slowly have your application stop receiving updates but at least it's fast um also, the programs that were bought for macOS 9 still worked, like F18 Korea Gold. Okay, thank you, Alex, for that. Or switch to macOS 10, which was made for Intel, and have everything chug on your PowerPC. Almost all programs for macOS 9 didn't work. At least current programs received updates, though. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see this being pretty, pretty nasty, because any kind of emulation of x86 is going to come with a significant performance penalty, and... Apple's been on x86 for a long time now. Like if they had made this transition sort of quickly again before everyone got settled, maybe it would have been easier or maybe people would have been even more mad. I don't know what would have been the better move. But Maybe they'll give you an up, like a, a bonus uh, or a bundle for an up, upgrade path or maybe they'll do a buyback or something like that. Hmm. I, I doubt it. Apple uh, has, I, I can't think of any time they've done something as consumer friendly as a buyback. There's no well, way. Well, it depends... It depends on the pushback they get. Like everybody freaked out about the um, the throttling of the CPU when the uh, because of the battery health, and then they started offering battery replacements. Right. That is true. Actually, you know what? I take it back. That was a fairly consumer friendly way to handle that. Uh, we've got one more. One more that I really want to talk about. Uh, Android Automotive coming soon. Not to be confused with Android Auto because Google cannot stick to anything. Um, Android Automotive will not require a phone plugged into your car in order to operate and will be arriving in the Volvo Polestar 2, an all-electric car. So the whole infotainment system is going to be powered by Android 10 and will offer Google integrations. Um, he says, also the Polestar 2 has 408 horsepower and I really want to unbox one. Uh, okay, duly noted, Alex. Thank you very much they for that. Boxes. Yeah, I mean, they sort of do. There's like PDI, right? Like they've got that, uh, you know, that white vinyl wrap on it and stuff you know what i'll tell you what i mean short circuit like that's the whole idea behind that channel is like i don't give a what products we cover and whatever you're passionate about just go for it right Man, luke was right about the swearing thing <laughs> how i can't hear the beep <laughs> it's so jarring so if you can convince volvo to give you one to like unbox we'll do a short circuit no problem uh, oh, right. I, I lied. There's one more one more big deal. Uh, the FCC has ratified unlicensed use of the 6 gigahertz radio frequency spectrum in the USA, opening up the way for the proposed Wi-Fi 6E standard. I thought that was dead in the water. It's back, baby. This is the biggest spectrum addition since the FCC cleared the way for Wi-Fi in 1989. This is a big deal. 
Um, so six gigahertz is, as you can probably tell from the name, uh, a little bit higher than five gigahertz. So that means we're expecting a little bit less range, but a little bit more data throughput. And what's really cool is that uh, it is a big, big chunk of spectrum. So it's about the same theoretical top speed as five gigahertz, about 9.6 gigabit per second. Um, but I would expect to see performance improvements kind of across the board as spectrum just kind of gets less crowded. So even if you are going to stick on five gigahertz, if your neighbor moves to six, your Wi-Fi is going to get noticeably faster. Um, assuming that you and your neighbor are both heavy users and you're streaming video and stuff. Like obviously if neither of you were really using it, it won't get much faster. Uh, industry giants Intel and Broadcom began planning for this move two years ago. Uh, Broadcom released its first Wi-Fi 6E chipset in February. Oh, wow. So this is like, oh, this is great. This is like, this is coming. Deployment should really kick off in 2021 when the Wi-Fi Alliance begins offering certifications for Wi-Fi 6E devices. I'm Jazz. More, more <laughs> Wi-Fi, more faster Wi-Fi, you know, more spectrum. Can't, uh, you can't, can't get me down about that. I love it. Leading us to super chats and James, I know that you're you need to go. So uh, why don't you bail and I'll uh, do the super chat. I would chats. like to excuse myself actually, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, All right. well, YouTube chat is going so fast. I just like can't even. Oh, I was gonna say bye, James, but he can't hear me anymore. Bye, James. All right, so I'm just gonna switch over to hey, there he is, Linus webcam, and uh, oh shoot, I don't have the. I don't have the assets for the, uh, but yeah, whatever. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I was going to put the lower third on there. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, do I have it? Add existing. Hey, 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 look at that. All right. Leave a, leave a little pixel there. Let's do some super chats, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, it seems to be bugged. No new super chats or members yet, but I know I definitely saw some come in. If I reload this page, is it going to break it worse though? Shoot, I might not have your super chats, guys. I blame YouTube. I blame you, YouTube. The page is not even reloading. Help me out here, YouTube. Come on. Hey, it's in there. Nice. All right. I'm just going to expand this window a little bit so that my scroll bar works. It really is just an awful page. Uh, Marcos asks, how's retirement? Oh, it's great. It's great. I love retirement. It's exactly like before, you know? I can I can hardly even tell the difference. Very comfortable. Uh, Lucky Falcor, any plans to keep the RTX intro? We are potentially exploring doing something like that. Right now, I believe we have a license to use it one time. Um, and if it's possible to have a license to use it uh, all the time, the audience reaction to it was very good, so we would definitely be interested in that option. Um, James Old Digis says, with the massive speeds of USB 3.1 Plus, portable OSs are finally viable daily drivers. Would you consider doing a video on them? Like Windows to Go versus Linux. The thing is that it's not about the sequential speed. Like we actually showed running Windows on a super fast SD card. Uh, the issue is the random IO and it's still not good enough. Um, USB has some protocol overhead that is not present in, I mean, definitely not NVMe, not even SATA. Um, so yeah, I guess it's like kind of viable, but I, w I still wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it though. I'll think about it. Thanks for the idea, James. Robert says, I'm writing this super chat on behalf of dozens of us. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. We want Terran green duct tape short circuit shirts, and we want them as soon as reasonably possible. Uh, oh man, I don't even know if we have any short circuit merch yet. We are working on it. We've got a really cool long sleeve design that I'm excited about. Um, but no, uh, Dominic says for the last few weeks on float plane, the audio slowly goes out of sync as the video plays. Make sure you send a message to support, um, just cause they may want some extra information from you with respect to, uh, what device you're using. And like, if you're in your browser versus the app or whatever the case may be, thank you for that. Uh, Jason says, Luke is hot. Um, that wasn't Luke on the show today. Uh, but I'm sure he appreciates the sentiment either way. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Gunn says, have you been to Germany? Uh, yes. Or wait, he says, you have been to Germany. Yes, yes, I have. Uh, what do you think about my fellow citizens? Oh, man, I don't know. What do you... Jeez. Be honest and deeply offensive if needed. I would never, I would never uh, generalize about an entire country of citizens based on the limited amount of time that I have spent in Germany on a couple of trips there for work. 
Um, you know, I will say that I have yet to go anywhere where I have been disappointed in the hospitality of the people. Uh, Germany was was great in that regard. Um, and if there's one generalization that I'll make, I, I was blown away by the organization of German businesses. Well, I was over there. I can say that much. Uh, what else we got here? I'm just going to do a, a few more here, guys. Uh, Mike Adams says, please turn off your Microsoft Teams. Okay, yes, I would, but I've been having an issue where if I if I take the the chat audio and I put it into my Go XLR, I can't boost it high enough with the mixer. So I have to take, I have to instead have it go through system and then I have to boost it in software that way because you guys keep complaining it's not loud enough. So um, I'm hoping to have no no Teams notifications uh, next week, but uh, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. Oh, I missed something. The Folding at Home shirts. Uh, we have a delivery update. We are receiving them Saturday morning. So uh, that's from the printer. So they will hopefully all be shipped next week. Uh, thank you for your patience, guys. Um... Oh, this is a great question from Rob. I kind of wish I had like Brandon on the show to talk talk about this with or David or something. Did Red F up the Hydrogen One launch so badly that we will never see a flagship phone that connects to a custom sensor and lens mount to make like a, a Blackmagic uh, pocket cinema camera killer like cine phone? Possibly. I think that if I was someone else looking at how badly Red flubbed that, I would go, wow, I want exactly none of that action. Um, that's a really great question. Uh, Alex says, which RGB lighting solution would you recommend? NZXT Hue, Corsair, RSync, etc. Trying not to have a dozen different programs. Uh, you know what? We've been pretty pleased with EKs so far. Their controller uses all non-proprietary BS, so you don't have to deal with like Corsair's little weird connector that nobody else uses and stuff like that. Um, I haven't looked at what the CPU usage is like. And I haven't spent a ton of time in the software. I'd say Corsairs is really uh, mature if you're willing to accept that you kind of need to buy Corsair stuff. Uh, that's one of the reasons we throw Commander Pros in a lot of our showcase builds, just because like it just works. Um, so there, that's my take on that. Uh, JS2K says, I look forward to buying Rolex style stock in LMG through LTTstore.com. Uh, yeah, I'm not planning to raise funds anytime in the foreseeable future. Uh, Linus Media Group, contrary to what some of the speculative posts I've seen on the forum have said, uh, Linus Media Group is absolutely financially stable uh, in such a way that uh, we just, you know, we, we have lots of opportunity to invest in the things that we think are important for our business and for our community without having to uh, deal with any external stakeholders. So, um, you know, Yvonne and I are the shareholders of Linus Media Group Incorporated, and that's the way that we plan to plan to keep it. Um, all right, let's see if there's uh Theorica says PE nope, Cloverdale Rodeo nope, many nopes, LTX question mark. So that's a great question, and we will have an update for you guys soon, but I unfortunately do not have one that I can share just yet. Not just yet. Um, all right. So that's pretty much it for the... Oh, okay. One more question. One more question. Aryan, Aryan, Aryan 19. Where does the price performance start decreasing on the AMD lineup for someone who will mostly game? Um, I really like the 3600. I think it is a great balance of fantastic gaming performance, good price, and also the ability to do other stuff if you if you're into that uh or if maybe you just want great resale value on your chip instead of buying something that's pigeonholed into just gaming you know just with games today all right thanks for tuning into the wan show i hope you guys enjoyed it we'll see you again next week same bat time same bat channel and stream